Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of Let's Run, the Western Mass Running Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Gaudet. This podcast is made possible thanks to the resources at East Hampton Media. At the start of the year, I announced that I had planned to record 12 podcasts in 2022. However, this is only my sixth podcast thus far this year. It's unlikely that I'll reach my goal. I'm not sure what the rest of the year will bring, but hopefully I'll be able to record a few more after clearing all the leaves in my yard. A friend suggested that I record a podcast about my Chicago Marathon experience, so this is it. It's just me today, no guest. I discuss my weekend in Chicago, including race day preparation and the race itself. If you've run marathons, perhaps you'll find it interesting to compare your experience with mine. Or if you're a novice runner aspiring to run a marathon, this podcast might provide you with some new things to think about. So here's my Chicago Marathon summary. On October 9th, 2022, I had the pleasure of participating in the 44th running of the Chicago Marathon, along with over 40,000 other runners. One of the things that attracted me to this race was that it is one of the six marathon majors, the others being Boston, New York, London, Berlin, and Tokyo. Since I've already completed Boston and New York, having Chicago under my belt meant that I would have at least completed three American marathon majors. I probably started running marathons too late in life to capture the six-star medal, although I did submit lottery applications to run in London and Berlin next year. During the weeks prior to Chicago, I prepared for the race with the 4-Run 3-Fall Marathon Training Program led by Jill Murphy. A 20-mile run on a hot summer day isn't much fun when running solo. It's so nice to have a running group to help pass the time more quickly. Training partners become good friends. Many of the runners in the training group have never run a marathon or a half marathon. It's awesome to watch their joy as they achieve running milestones that they never thought possible. Prior to each long run, Jill provides a pep talk with some useful running tips. Water angels along the training course provide sustenance to runners. My favorites are watermelon wedges and ice-cold face cloths. I recommend a 4-run-3 training group to anyone preparing for a marathon. I followed the 17-week training plan that included one 20-mile long run, which took place three weeks before the marathon, followed by a taper. I didn't run crazy miles during training. I ran 122 miles in August and 128 miles in September. My maximum mileage during any one week was 38 miles. I typically ran four times per week. I filled in the other days with strength training at Roots Aquatics and Fitness Center in Westfield. I participate in a 45-minute class at Roots called Tread and Shred, which combines treadmill work with body weight exercises, dumbbell work, and core strengthening. The treadmill work includes 30-second sprints, which I count as my speed training. When I'm out on the road, I typically run at a 9-minute-per-mile pace. I don't run fartleks or intervals, so I don't get any speed training on the road. I get it during my treadmill work. The weekend in Chicago was wonderful. 
My wife Cindy and I scheduled a Friday morning flight to Chicago at 5.45 a.m., two days before the marathon on Sunday, as we were concerned about airlines canceling flights. We figured that there would be less chance that the first flight of the day would be canceled, and even if it was, we'd have plenty of time to make alternate arrangements. The ultimate backup plan was a 15-hour drive to Chicago. (sighs) Fortunately, our flight departed on time, and we arrived in Chicago at around 7 a.m. We dropped off our bags at our hotel, enjoyed breakfast, and headed for Millennium Station to take the metro train to the expo at McCormick Place. After purchasing train tickets, we discovered that the next train didn't depart for another hour. A metro worker suggested that we go back to Michigan Avenue and pick up the number three bus that would take us to the expo. We met up with some other runners from Italy and Japan who were also trying to find their way to the expo and were unsure how to proceed. So a small international running group huddled under a bus stop shelter during a a downpour, waiting for the number three bus. The first number three bus that came was full. Eventually, we were able to board another bus where we met more international runners making their way to the expo. I really love chatting with folks from other countries during Marathon Weekend. It's one of the attractions of a marathon major, as there were over 10,000 international runners. As expected, the expo was extremely crowded, but we felt fortunate that we were able to attend on Friday, as Saturday would surely be even busier. The official Chicago Marathon gear is provided by Nike. I can never resist purchasing an overpriced marathon finisher jacket at these marathon expos. I have five of them from Boston. But incredibly, there were no jackets at the expo. Not only that, there were no men's long-sleeve official running shirts. While commiserating with other disappointed runners, it was suggested that the Nike store in Michigan Avenue would have a wider selection, including the official finisher jackets. So later in the day, we went to the Nike store, waited in a long line just to get inside, and I eventually shelled out 125 bucks for that jacket. It was a bad job by Nike. There were a number of other runners from Western Mass who were also running Chicago, including my training group leader, Jill Murphy. Jill tried to get us together prior to the race in Chicago for dinner and a group photo. But everyone has their own pre-marathon routine, and it was just too difficult to get, get everyone on the same schedule. Of course, everyone thinks of carb loading prior to a marathon. So on Friday evening, we enjoyed a pasta dinner at Valari Restaurant. As part of my training, I had not touched a drop of alcohol during the week leading up to Chicago, but since it was our wedding anniversary, it didn't take much arm twisting from our waiter Danny for me to enjoy a glass of red wine or two with my fettuccine. Although experts caution against over-carb loading, I enjoyed more pasta once again on Saturday evening at Italy. Most races that I run don't require much pre-race planning, But marathons are different. The three items that I give thought to are pace, fueling, and where to look for Cindy along the route. On Saturday, Cindy and I reviewed the course map and walked to the locations where she planned the wait. Unlike Boston, Chicago is an excellent marathon for spectators. It's a short walk along Wacker Drive to see runners at various points at miles 1, 3, and 13. It was helpful to know what side of the road Cindy would be on. 
I'm forever grateful for Cindy's support and encouragement during my marathons. She's been with me for all 12 of them, sometimes in a torrential downpour. It took me a few marathons to get my in-race fueling strategy down. As I had experienced stomach cramps during the latter miles of my initial marathons, but I think I have it figured out now. A couple of hours before the marathon, I eat a bagel with peanut butter along with a banana. During the race, the goal is to remain hydrated and take in a sufficient amount of calories, carbs, and sodium. Sodium is important to minimize electrolyte imbalances. During the race, I stop at every water stop, which are about a mile and a half apart in Chicago, and alternate between taking water and Gatorade. This addresses hydration and electrolyte intake. For in-race fueling to take in carbs and calories, I prefer chews over gels, although chews take longer for your body to absorb. But the question is, how many chews, and when do I take them? Lindsay Cortez, a registered sports dietitian and nutrition coach who manages Rise Up Nutrition, Lindsay recommends that runners consume at least 30 grams of carbs every 45 minutes or so. Runner's World recommends that runners take in about 120 calories per hour. So if I compare those numbers with the Cliff's Chews, each Cliff's Chew has 33 calories and 8 grams of carbs. So doing the math at, at miles 5, 10, 15, and 20, every 5 miles, I take 3 Chews. So 3 Chews are about 100 calories with 24 grams of carbs. The Gatorade provides some additional calories and carbs. There's about 20 calories and 5.5 grams of carbs for every 3 ounces of Gatorade. So the math works out. Before the race, I take the chews out of their original packaging, and I create four groups of three chews wrapped in plastic. This way, they're easy to unwrap during the race, and they fit nicely in my running shorts pockets. During my most recent marathon in Boston last April, my time was 3 hours, 52 minutes, and 4 seconds. My training for Chicago has gone well, and my race times this year, they've actually been as fast as they've ever been. In May, my time in the Westfield flat and fast was 21.49, which is just 3 seconds shy of my 5K PR. I completed the Westfield half marathon in an hour, 42 minutes, 22 seconds, which that was also a PR, although I believe that course was a bit short of 13.1 miles. So when Jill asked our training group, you know, what the marathon goal times were, I stated mine was three hours, 50 minutes, which is about an 846 pace. I typically like to display my average pace on my Garmin when I'm running, and I look at that while I run. So for a goal pace of 846, my strategy would be to start out at a pace maybe a little faster, about 10 seconds faster, figuring that I would eventually tire in the later miles. I'm just not a negative split marathon runner. However, I was told that the skyscrapers in downtown Chicago just wreak havoc on the GPS signal, such that runners can't rely on the pace displayed on their garments. So to address that, I created a 3-hour, 50-minute pace band which is based on an even pace. And so at every mile marker, I would compare my elapsed time from my Garmin with the corresponding time on my pace band. And that worked out pretty well. My corral start time was 8 a.m., although it was suggested that we arrive two hours early at 6 a.m. 
Figuring in a 30-minute walk from the hotel, I set my alarm at 4.45 a.m. I actually slept reasonably well on the night before the marathon, but the excitement of race day still woke me up prior to my alarm. The temperature that morning was in the mid-40s, which for me is perfect running weather. However, it's not perfect weather for waiting around. Prior to the race, my hands were shaking as I was typing text messages to friends who had wished me good luck. Another runner noticed this and insisted that I take one of his hand warmers. It's always fun to chat with other runners prior to a marathon. We share a bond that most folks will never understand. I didn't realize it when I registered for Chicago, but there was a significant contingent of runners from Western Western Mass who had also registered. A good friend from the Empire One Running Club, Sarah Bousquet, was running, and she was assigned to the same star corral as me. I was thrilled to see Sarah and chat with her prior to the race. We compared notes on our race strategy and chatted with other runners. It was also great to see Tim and Christine Dunn prior to the race as well. They were in the front of Corral G, just behind my corral. At the start of the race, I noticed that the three-hour, 45-minute pace group, which is an 835 pace, was in my corral. The three-hour, 50-minute pace group was in the corral behind me, but I had no desire to drop back. As our corral moved up to the start line, the song Serious by the Alan Parsons Project was blasting. If you remember the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan being introduced, the, the theme song that they used to play during that time, that's, was, uh, that really got me going. The start gun went off, and we were on our way. The roads were wide enough such that I was not impeded by the crowd of runners at the start. The race course traverses the Chicago River six times along the marathon route. The bridge surface consists of metal grates, and a thin red carpet was placed over some of these grates. I was extra careful running over these bridges, as I had taken a nasty fall over a trolley track during my last Boston Marathon, and I didn't want another visit to the medical tent. There were many turns in the route, and I was mindful to approach each one such that I was running the tangents, taking the shortest path through the turn. As planned, I stopped briefly to kiss Cindy at miles one and three. After the first few miles, it was apparent that the distance displayed on my Garmin was indeed inaccurate. At the three-mile marker, it had me at 3.6 miles. The early race excitement had me running slightly ahead of the 345 pace group. I wasn't overly concerned, as heck, I, I once ran a 3.43 marathon, and like I said earlier, I was feeling good. But as I approached the halfway point, I slowly drifted behind the 345 pace group. I kissed Cindy again at mile 13 and still felt good. Shortly after mile 13, I lost about a minute due to a porta potty stop. I tried to take in the sights along the route. As I reflect back, Lincoln Park and the crowd noise in Chinatown stand out. My pace got slower as the miles wore on. I was over a nine-minute pace for some of the miles past the halfway point. At around mile 23, Christine Dunn, who started about seven minutes after me in Corral G, Christine passed me. It was good to see a friend doing well. But I decided that I was going to try and keep up with Christine, and I actually caught up with her at one point. We finished at nearly the same time. I had enough energy to actually raise my hands for the camera as I crossed the finish line. Just past the finish line, I grabbed a bag and filled it with post-race goodies. They were even handing out Goose Island beer. 
I was thrilled to see our 4-run-3 training group leader, Jill Murphy, at the finish line area. Jill crushed her goal, finishing with a time of 3 hours, 49 minutes, 52 seconds. We were both all smiles. While I didn't quite hit my goal time of 3 hours, 50 minutes, I was thrilled with my time of 3 hours, 53 minutes, 31 seconds. My official pace for the first 15K was 8 minutes, 32 seconds. My final average pace was 8.55. Perhaps if I had started at my goal pace of 8.46, I would have been able to maintain it for the entire race. But regardless, I was happy and grateful to be able to run another marathon. Not sure how many more I have left in me, but for now I'll savor this one. It's a cool feeling to walk through the streets of Chicago after the race with my medal and finishers jacket. Cindy said, just wear the medal for one day. Any longer than that is tacky. I had the usual soreness after the marathon, nothing, but nothing out of the ordinary. I was back out on the road again on Wednesday. It's October, and the fall road race season is in full swing. Looking at the Greater Springfield Harriers website, There are 20 races in Western Mass scheduled between now and the end of November. Hopefully you'll get the opportunity to participate in a few of them. Thank you for listening to the Let's Run Western Mass Running Podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and share with your friends. And as always, happy running!